high and low, hot and cold. I looked everywhere for what I need, but now I know. Now I know I'm going back to loving me. Hello, welcome to SOS Soulfully Observant Sage. I'm your host, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Thank you for joining me. And we are talking about navigating narcissism what to do and what not to do with a narcissist. Now, if you have a question and you'd like to share an issue you're dealing with, you'd like to call into the studio, feel free to do so. Your question will be answered on the air. The numbers are 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. And if you're interested in finding out more about me, I am Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, and my website is the same name.com. And I have many books out on Amazon, Orgasm for Life, Odyssey Victim to Victory, and I also have Audibles. I was recently asked how I ended up doing coaching and healing. Well, I suffered tremendous pain in the past, trauma and I had a narcissistic mom. And so I spent over 35 years working on myself, getting to a place of being happy with me and my life. And as I did that, I found that I could help a lot of other people do the same. And so that's how I ended up being a coach and a healer and writing books. And um, so I'm here to help you break the mold of past trauma and suffering so that you can have the amazing life and business of your dreams. Okay, so, well, (laughs) for the longest time, I felt like I was attracting men who were just, excuse me, pardon me, dad, didn't mean it, just like my dad, (laughs) (laughs) And the truth was, actually, I was attracting men that were like my mom, my mom being a narcissist. And so being a woman for the longest time, you know, I was attracting big, scary men that were angry. And it turns out, like so many people, we attract what we need to work on. And so being an empath, I attracted the opposite, narcissists. And if you had a parent that was a narcissist, it's likely that you are an empath. And what is an empath? Well, an empath is someone that is highly sensitive, deeply feeling, feels what other people are feeling, the opposite of a narcissist. The emotions of others can be so intense, they cause you pain, migraines, and other physical issues. And we need to learn how to navigate this to protect ourselves so that we aren't feeling what everybody else is feeling. You know, I have a daughter who is an empath and it gave me a a great education because when I was upset, she'd get a migraine. And it took me a while to figure that out. So if you have a sensitive child, pay attention. If you get angry and your child gets upset, pay attention. Just because the child is a child doesn't mean that they're not able to feel what you feel. 
And a lot of parents discount what children feel because they think they're children, they're just children. But you know what? Our children are usually more awake than we are or were. So I use my uh, empathic gifts to get to the root of my client's issues. And it can take some doing to navigate such heightened sensitivity. And next week, we're going to talk about the subject of empaths, what it means, and how to be an empath in this world. And, you know, somebody asked me recently, doesn't everyone have narcissistic traits? And, you know, I find myself, you know, wanting to be heard, wanting to be validated. You know, we want to be loved and adored, right? We all have narcissistic traits. And some people express the traits of a narcissist, um, not narcissistic personality disorder, but it is part of the makeup. And so um, some people exhibit narcissistic traits, but are not clinically narcissistic. And the traits they might experience or exhibit are having an inflated sense of self. Their ego seems to be huge, needing constant praise, taking advantage of others, not recognizing or caring about the needs of others. And so those, those can be traits, but not necessarily narcissistic people. Okay, so it is a mental issue. It is a disorder, a personality disorder. And, you know, there's a lot of misinformation on the topic of narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder. Many articles of late describe a narcissist as someone who is in love with themselves, absorbed with activities that promote their success, dreams, goals, you know, skilled at charming, their charismatic, successful, goal-oriented, all of the above characteristics in and of themselves, essential human traits displayed in varying degrees, you know, but you know what? There's highly successful people at home in their careers top performers, stars, and inspirational leaders, spiritual leaders, a majority of whom make vast contributions to the lives of others in their community and the world. And they're not necessarily narcissists. All right, then, what is a narcissist? I'm glad you asked. You love this interactive conversation I have with myself. I am my own best kept secret. According to the fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Mental Disorders, the DSM-5, that is what the psychologists and psychiatrists use, NPD or Narcissistic Personality Disorder is a long-term mental health condition that presents with symptoms such as constant need for admiration, an unrealistic and inflated sense of self-importance, lack of sympathy or empathy, difficulty forming meaningful relationships. Now, how do you know that someone is a narcissist if they're having difficulty with meaningful relationships? Well, you know, there's a lot of personality disorders that have difficulty bonding. If, If you have had a parent that was a narcissist, you may have difficulty forming meaningful relationships. It's worth noting that self-importance is not the same as self-esteem. A person that has good self-esteem feels valuable in themselves and doesn't feel the need to assert 
their superiority over others. So it is not an inflated sense of self. So narcissists have a false persona that they create because their self-esteem is very low. And as I said in the last show, narcissists are created, not born. So someone doesn't come through the birth canal, get born and become a narcissist from day one. No, it has to do with not having parents that are present with them, not having the attention they need, feeling emotionally abandoned. So experts, what do they say about narcissists? They split the categories of narcissists into two subgroups, covert and grandiose. Covert, meaning hiding, they hide. Uh, They are not overtly narcissistic. There are varying degrees of narcissism, like varying degrees of depression and anxiety. You know, the covert narcissists um, are um, self-important, yes, but they, they may appear shy or modest. And other names for covert narcissism include closet narcissist or introverted narcissist. So this is someone who could be shy, but still narcissistic. So both types of NPD or narcissism uh, share the same traits, such as a need for admiration, a lack of empathy. However, outward behavior of those with each subtype can be different. They present differently. People with overt narcissism, as opposed to covert, are basically extroverts, bold, attention-seeking. They may become aggressive or violent if a person or situations challenge their status. If you challenge a narcissist, look out. A covert subtype is less obvious. A person with covert narcissism may come across as shy, withdrawn, self-deprecating. However, they will still be self-absorbed and believe they are better than other people. The big ego. You know, an ego is actually the conditioned mind. It comes from childhood. Well, there are traits a narcissist has that are different from yours. And these traits are what hurt you and keep you under control. So I want to to just give you um, a little bit of um, background here. A lot of this show is based on the Narcissistic Handbook. And that book was written by, I think it's Darla, Morningstar. If you ever watch the the show Lucifer, he uses the same last name. Interesting, I think. So what not to do with a narcissist? Don't expose them. And I'm not talking about that kind of exposure. I'm talking about don't point the finger and say, you're a narcissist. Um, What a showboat you are. I mean, that might be something you notice, but you don't want to point it out. Narcissists, and there's a scientific study done in 2013 that found that narcissists have much lower self-esteem than most other people, which makes sense. So again, they present looking like they have, they're bigger than their britches, they're so charismatic, they're bigger than life, they suck the oxygen out of the room. However, 
That is a false persona that has been created to protect their inner child, their inner self that has been hurt and wounded and not loved enough. Okay, so what happens if you do expose a narcissist? And we're talking about you blame them or you point the finger at them, you tell them they're a narcissist or point some other form of blame at them. Look out. You know, whenever I have had those types of experiences with my mother, they have been met with rage. You don't want to call a narcissist out or your life can become a living hell. Now, you may think that when you let a narcissist know you're onto them, you can get the upper hand. I'm here to tell you that's not true. And you may think that a narcissist knows you're onto them, um, that you can get them to stop. Again, not true. You cannot change who they are. And it is exactly the opposite that's going to happen. Exposing the narcissist is going to unleash the furies of hell brimstone and who knows what else worse than anything you've ever seen before they have a vicious and violent temper so it's important to note that if you plan to escape it needs to be well planned and quiet rather than noisy and legal Uh, don't expect to get one over on the narcissist or get revenge it will likely not happen and it will cost a lot of money to divorce a narcissist case in point And you, again, you cannot expose a narcissist. If you attempt to call a narcissist out, you're going to be met with hell and fury, brimstone, fire and damnation, all of the above. So bottom line, you are the only person that can change. Attempting to expose a narcissist for who they are will cause you much more pain than you want. And triangulation is one of the tactics that a narcissist uses to turn people against you. Uh, Triangulation can occur in families when there's a narcissistic parent. They will often triangulate with your brothers and sisters. Somebody will be the scapegoat. Somebody will be the golden child. And whoever is the scapegoat is going to lose. And this triangulation can go on for years and years You can try to stand up to the narcissist, but it's unlikely you're going to make any headway in changing them. They have to want to make changes. They may be able to soften on the exterior, but inside they're still the same. Excuse me just one second. So triangulation, it is, is a form of victimhood somebody's the perpetrator excuse me and somebody is the victim pardon me i'm so sorry pardon me so triangulation occurs when friends and families are turning against you by the stories that the narcissist tells about you usually (laughs) In my case, my mother thought I was a lesbian. She went to my aunt and said, you need to talk to Jennifer. I think she's a lesbian. It couldn't be further from the truth. But anyway, she was trying to turn my aunt against me. My aunt was a doctor. She sat me down and said, your mother thinks you're a lesbian. 
I said, well, I'm not. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's, that's a narcissist for you. The problem is always with you, never with them. They are perfectly normal. There's nothing wrong with them. And trying to get them to go to a therapist is worse than pulling teeth. There's nothing wrong with them. So usually it is the narcissist putting one member of the family or, or group down in, attempt, in an attempt to turn the others against them. One brother might be turned against another, for example. And there's always the scapegoat. The scapegoat is usually the black sheep, the one that exposes the truth, tells the secret of the family. And the other thing about a narcissist is they want the, the they want everyone to think highly of them. So they don't want anyone to think negatively. So you don't want to be exposing the truth publicly or legally around a narcissist. They don't like that very much. They don't like to be um, the brunt of negative commentary. So what does a narcissist who appears to have such high self-esteem and to be concerned, why are they concerned about anything someone else might say about them? Well, I mentioned it earlier, the study that shows that narcissists have very low self-esteem. They can act very defensively. And I said about this, the study in 2013 that narcissists have, have self-esteem lower than most people. You know, it appears that they have it all together. They love to be the center of attention, adored, revered. Don't we all? We all want to be revered and adored, right? But, well, maybe to a certain extent. However, if you ever attempt to call a narcissist out for their behavior, remember what I said, hell, fiery fury and damnation the narcissist may not experience guilt or compassion but they are quite capable of rage and anger so case in point a client living in a foreign country gave birth to a child soon after a move to that foreign country and though there was plenty of money to buy two cars this woman was left to take the bus a subway and a train to go to checkups while she had sciatica and could barely walk, while her husband had a brand new BMW. So the reason for one car in the family was so that the narcissist had complete control. He got to drive to work. And then when he had to travel, pregnant wife and then wife with a brand new nursing baby had to drive him to the airport and pick him up adoring fans, you know. And so there are a lot of things that can take place in a marriage where there's a narcissist. Control, a lot of drama, a lot of inconvenience for the other party where the narcissist really cares not a hoot for their needs, desires, or wants. You know, even though there's plenty of money for a second car, this lady put up with this for two years. So again, you cannot expose a narcissist and expect a good result. Remember, you're the only person that can change in the relationship with a narcissist. You have to put your foot down without placing blame or making them wrong. So you standing in your power and stating what you need 
it may be that you don't want to have to go to your car to go cry because it makes them feel uncomfortable. It may be that you say, you know what? I'm going to cry here. You know, I helped to pay this mortgage. No, I'm not going to go somewhere else to cry because it makes you uncomfortable. So why is escaping a narcissist so challenging? Well, you know, they're not just a selfish, selfish person that wants to be right all the time. They are a person with a character defect, a flaw in their character, who also has to have the upper hand in every interaction all the time. And what does that mean? It means the narcissist will use every tactic to make you miserable. He, she uses Everyone else's feelings to gain control will flatter to get on the good side and then tear you down. And this constant tearing down or degrading is a key tactic that the narcissist uses. And it may take years to put you in your place, but they will eventually break you. That is the goal. They want to keep you in control and have the upper hand. So if you've been married to a narcissist, this tactic repeats usually on a daily basis. It could be, oh, you look fat. You need to lose weight. Your hair looks ridiculous. Are you wearing that dress? Um, your cooking sucks. This, it, this dinner was terrible. There wasn't enough salt. It was cold and so on. They will constantly berate you. And you've probably heard that those that hurt you are hurting themselves. And though a narcissist rarely will let you know that they're hurt, this tactic is used to make themselves feel superior. So you may even find they have a very different voice when speaking to other people and a different one for you. Now, the narcissist does not have a conscience and they don't care about your feelings in the first place and your feelings are only a way to control you a narcissist will know everything there is to know about you how you feel and then use all these feelings against you they have excellent memories they are always 10 steps ahead of you and pretty much everything he or she does to control you by making you feel bad, maybe good, and then mostly bad. <laughs> and finally, a narcissist will make you feel crazy, distraught, desperate, especially if you attempt to expose him to others. Now, a narcissist, because they're so charming, is going to be extremely charming and engaging with your friends and new people that don't know them. You know, <laughs> there are ways, too, that they, they use the, the things that trigger you. I'll give you a couple of examples. Perhaps you have a particular word that triggers you. You don't like being called a bitch. Well, a narcissist will put that little tidbit in their back pocket and pull it out when you are at your wit's end and call you bitch right in your face and make you think you're absolutely crazy. So there's a lot about that coming up with the gaslighting. This is part of the narcissistic behavior. They like to keep you off balance. They will tell you 
that uh, you must be depressed because you don't remember. And then they will recount something that happened in the past with a twist. They will change it, making you feel like you're crazy. They prove that you're mistaken. They shift the facts and you begin to wonder, what's the truth? Gaslighting is a form of manipulation to undermine you and make you think you're crazy. Then, of course, there's the love bombing. So there's gaslighting, love bombing, manipulation. And the thing about the narcissist, they need their fix. They need to be adored. Usually they're highly sexual beings. So they're going to want that too on a regular basis, their way. They want you to adore them. They also, as if that isn't enough, they project their feelings onto you and blame you for them. So the narcissist could be enraged and then blame you for, the, for you being angry. And when you say, claim you're not angry, of course you are. And they will pinpoint all the reasons that you are angry. They project their emotions onto you. So he may accuse you of being jealous when he's the jealous one. Um, You're being hurtful, he'll say, when he's the hurtful one. Or she, I don't want to make it just, narcissists can be male or female. So whatever the negative feeling is that the narcissist has, they will project it onto you as if you are the one to blame. And the narcissist knows that you're not like them. You experience normal emotions like guilt and compassion when they don't. They'll project their abuse onto you because they'll assume you'll accept it and then apologize. Don't argue with a narcissist. You can't win. It's a great setup, isn't it? Don't ever call a narcissist a bitch. I did it once. I got beaten within an inch of my life. Um, Narcissists can be very cruel. Um, I have heard stories from my clients of terrible cruelty from narcissistic mothers. They can be extremely reactive. They, you could be asleep in your bed and they come flying into the room and start pounding on you. I mean, all of those types of behaviors are possible. Don't believe anyone who says, I hate drama, but (laughs) they're always in some adrenaline spiking fight and baiting you um, into a fight is very common. They will ruin birthdays, celebrations, anything special that makes you feel good. They love to fight because they remain cool while insulting you or hurting your feelings in any way they can. While you're in a puddle of despair, crying over in the corner or screaming, they'll be calm and cool as a cucumber telling you what a crazy bitch you are. (sighs) So if you don't respond, there can be no fight. So you can take a deep breath and not respond. Don't get triggered. And if you, <laughs> if you accuse a narcissist of anything, look out. So like I said, you know, <laughs> when I called my mom a bitch, it wasn't even that I called her that. It's like, why are you such a, but it was the same. 
So the first thing you're going to notice is the narcissist will point out every nuanced weakness that you have. So while you're calling your mother a bitch, she's probably going to call you a slut or a whore, or as I call it, a slore combination of both. All your insecurities will be pointed out in great detail. If you are a good mother, your insecurities and skills will be brought up, diminishing you you a bit by bit over time. And everything you ever did wrong will be dredged up from the recesses of the narcissist's mind and putting you in your place while you're expected to keep your mouth shut. So if you attempt to tell a narcissist they're abusive, even if you're a therapist or a psychologist or psychiatrist, you cannot get the upper hand. They will attack your integrity, bringing up your failures, your past shortcomings. And this behavior starts to make you question yourself and your sanity. And the very fact that you wondered about their abuse, it will make your behavior or their It will make their behavior seem normal. You start to question what you're thinking. Are you crazy? A narcissist will point out ways that you are abusive. The result is that the ground beneath your feet continues to heave and move, and you won't have a leg to stand on, and your balance diminishes. Narcissists manipulate you with a fear of consequences, even blackmailing you. A narcissist has been carefully planning their next move and are often 10 or 12 steps ahead of you. They may use your deepest fears to manipulate you. I committed for you. I committed to to spend the rest of my life to you or with you. You're a quitter. How could you do that after all I've done for you? And then you feel like you're the bastard. So narcissists also devalue and discard you to make themselves feel better. They're expert at devaluing you. If you attempt to expose them or leave them, rest assured, they will have someone waiting in the wings. They hate being alone. And if you make an effort to leave, you may find yourself replaced long before you're divorced. Violence and rage may surface if you attempt to leave or plan for a a new life. And your self-esteem will be melted down so that you feel like you cannot go it alone or live without them. They make themselves positively indispensable. So when you've been broken down and torn to shreds, carefully over the years so that you don't know who you are or what happened to the you that you used to be. So when you begin to talk about a subject, they will tell you, like if you want to discuss an issue, I just got home from work. This isn't an appropriate time. I had a terrible day. Anytime that you try to have a conversation with them about their behavior they're going to project they will turn it around they will make you feel bad for attempting if you do things for them they will say i didn't ask you to 
no matter what you do, you're going to end up being wrong. And then you'll become the perpetrator one and your head will be spinning. What, what happened here? What happened? So playing the victim makes you feel guilty. A narcissist will always play the victim and blame you. It's always a blame game. So if you attempt to expose them, they'll attack you for bringing up all their flaws. They'll blame their abusive behavior on a previous relationship or sob story about their upbringing, which probably isn't true. Even if you think the situation is a clear-cut case, the narcissist will turn it around. They miraculously wriggle into the position of the victim masterfully. And I said before, they they can blame and blackmail you uh, if you try to leave or divorce a narcissist. Be prepared for vindictiveness uh, like you never could imagine. You know, if you try to turn the tables and blame them for the divorce, they will turn it around and say, you cheated on them. You are the one destroying their lives and the marriage and the children's lives. And then they will use your children to get back at you, even resorting to blackmail, leaving you homeless, exposed, bank accounts empty. You may find the furniture gone. Don't be surprised if you're out of the will for doing something you have no knowledge of. And that happened to my brother. Thankfully, after I think it's taken about three or four years, he's back in my mother's good graces. So that, you know, it can change. But triangulating is one of the tactics for creating drama and making you feel crazy. It's a play they use with friends. Gaslighting as well. All right, so how can you get out? Is it possible? Or do you want to stay? Is it possible to do that? Well, we're going to address both of those. The first thing you want to remember is you cannot tell a narcissist what you feel or what you want to do as your plan because the narcissist will do everything in his play or her playbook to prevent you from leaving or succeeding in your life or having the support of your friends. They will denigrate you to your friends, make you look like the crazy one. If you're a talker or a sharer, zip. It's time for quiet action, not telling your play-by-play book or what you plan to do. All right, so all that being said, is it possible to stay in a relationship with a narcissist? It is possible, and I have a client that is working through this same issue. So what do you do? You accept them. You revere them as your beautiful guru. They are teaching you about you, self-love, self-esteem, taking care of you. So you, besides accepting them, you have to break the spell. Shift it up. We'll talk about that some more in a minute. You have to speak up without emotion. When you expect me to go to my car to cry or go outside to cry because you don't like it It makes me feel really uncomfortable and I don't want to do that. So you say it calmly without blame. 
You don't point the finger at them. And you set boundaries. You let them know what you will and won't accept. While I'm at work, I will not be taking your phone calls. I will not be running errands for you. I will be at work between 10 and 6, Monday through Thursday, or whatever it is, set boundaries. Expect pushback. There's going to be pushback, and it's okay. Remember the truth. I highly recommend journaling. Write it down, because when it's written, then you can go back and go, no, that's not true. That did not happen that way. Journal. Journaling helps in so many ways. Remembering the truth. So journal. And my, my next suggestion is journal to keep your sanity. So using this journal can help you learn to trust yourself more. Remember the things the way they actually happened as opposed to the way they mysteriously transformed in the mind of the narcissist. You know, if you remember, I talked about this in the last, uh, the last show with my mom about my first book. She said, it's not true. That's not the way it happened. But I wrote my truth from my perspective. It may not have been her truth. It wasn't the way she perceived it. She saw it very differently. It also helps to work with a coach, someone that has lots of experience with narcissism. But take care of you. Take timeouts. Take getaways. Ground yourself and have time alone. Get support. Read. There's all kinds of material out there, like the Narcissist Playbook. And then demand action. I expect you to respect me. No, I don't want you to be criticizing my my cooking. And if you don't like my cooking, I'll stop cooking. Cook your own. I don't have to cook for you anymore if you don't like it. You know, we we can change it up. We do have power. So there are ways to navigate life with a narcissist. You can make it happen. You can make it work. All right. Well, there's more. You know, to make matters even more difficult, um, people with narcissism are extremely sensitive to criticism. They are very able to criticize you, demean you, put you down. Uh, But turn the tables and you'll find a very different person with a lot of angry pushback. So see the narcissist for who they are. They are a hurt little puppy inside. Their little inner child is broken. Now, they're very good at turning on the charm. And you are likely to, you know, drawn to their grand ideas and their promises. I know I was. And their their physical beauty, they're usually very beautiful. Now, this can make them very popular in the workplace. But before taking a step forward or being drawn in, carefully watch the way 
they treat people when they're not on stage. If you catch them lying or manipulating, don't be under the false impression that this will not happen to you, that your love will save you. So I have a little story. It's not about narcissism, but it illustrates that point perfectly. When I had my landscape business in Georgia, this very thing happened to me. The tree guy at this client's house was terrible, apparently. He didn't do the job properly, and they had to overpay, and they complained incessantly about this person. And I came in, so this is that victim triangle again. So the client was the victim, and the tree guy was the perpetrator, and I came in, I'll be the hero. I will save you. I'll be the hero. I'll fix everything. But you know what? You know what happened, right? The same exact thing that happened with the tree guy happened with me. This woman couldn't be satisfied. So don't expect someone who's already shown you who they are to turn up and be different with someone else like you. When someone shows you who they are, trust that. That is who they are. Don't expect them to show up differently. That is folly. It's a mistake to do that. Oh, me. It's an interesting dynamic between the narcissist and the empath, the opposites that attract you know, having a parent that's a narcissist and you being an empath or being in a relationship of marriage, perhaps, with a narcissist, not recognizing the red flags. You know, I, I want to talk about this for a second because I, I have this package. It's called Infinite Everything. Infinite Everything. There are 19 energy clearings in this package. There are six programs all kinds of material that will help you navigate these relationships with narcissists, red flags, 51 red flags, in fact. And this, this package is $97. So if you're interested in this, um, you can find, find me uh, through jenniferelizabethmasters.com. But it is also, it's out there, infinite everything. $97 for this package. It's a, it's a really, really good course with all sorts of energy clearings in it too. So it will help you understand. You saw the red flags. You thought that it was a parade. You thought all those red flags were parade. No, it wasn't a parade. You saw the red flags, but you explained them away. We do that. It's human nature. We want the love. We want the charisma. We, we want the... Uh, adoration, the love bombing that a narcissist gives us. And then we wake up and go, whoa, this is not what I expected. So those red flags showed up, but we explained them away. And it's really beneficial to understand why we do that. All right. So if you catch a narcissist lying, and it's funny because my sister-in-law used to say about my husband, he's only lying when his lips are moving. 
it is quite a common thing that narcissists lie and they also manipulate. So don't be under the false impression that it won't happen to you. Remember what I said, when someone shows you who they are, trust that. And unfortunately, they can be extremely charismatic and lovely, sexy, beautiful, maybe even great in the sack, but their promises are likely to fall short and your wants and needs are not important to them. And if you attempt to bring up the subject of your wants and needs, it will likely lead to resistance because they're not interested in what you want. They're only interested in what they want. So getting them to engage in a conversation they want no part of is one of the biggest challenges. Accept them for who they are. You know, um, two weeks ago, I started talking about uh, Barbara DeAngelis teaching an exercise and I got sidetracked. Imagine that. Um, She teaches this exercise. I'm going to just take a little swig here. And the exercise, so if you take out a piece of paper and on the top of your piece of paper, write the word home, home across the top. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and you're going to write words that I say, and you could put a check mark next to the word. So across the top, Home, H-O-M-E. All right. So when you were in your home, your family home, the home of origin where your mother and father were, where you were brought up, were you loved unconditionally? And you can say loved unconditionally, yes or no. Were you criticized? Criticized, yes or no. Were you praised? Okay, I'll go a little slower. So the first one is loved unconditionally. You know, and if you had to behave and be a good little girl or boy, you were not loved unconditionally. Were you criticized? Yes or no. Praised, were you praised? Yes or no. Were you accepted? So accepted. You can put a check mark or a cross. Uh, Were you accepted for who you were? Were you validated? Yes or no. Were you protected? Now, what does that mean? Were you put in harm's way? Did your mother leave you with a babysitter that molested you and not listen to you? Did your mother leave you with your brother who was babysitting you and you were molested. That's what I mean by, were you protected? Were you put in harm's way? Were you told how wonderful you are? Were you told how beautiful you are? Yes or no? Or how handsome? Were you emotionally supported? You know that somebody was always there when you cried kissed your boo-boos, and hugged you when you needed a hug? Were you able to express emotions without being judged, ridiculed, or punished? Okay, what does that mean? Well, in my house, 
if we were anything other than good, well-behaved children, my mother, my mother would say, shut up or I'll give you something to cry about. We were not allowed to cry. We were not allowed to express anger. We had to behave. So if your emotions were suppressed, you were not allowed to express your emotions. All right. Now, cross off the word home at the top and write relationship. Now, look at that list. Do these words still speak to you of what you've experienced in your relationships? I love this exercise. I think it's fascinating. The truth is we often, and I would say probably 95% of the time, we attract a relationship that's going to mirror to us what happened in our family of origin. We keep repeating the same patterns until we overcome them. And so the caveat here is that if you meet someone and it feels like home, it feels like coming home, Run, run fast, run in the other direction because you are attracting that same toxic environment that you grew up in. So if someone feels like home, (laughs) run the other way. All right, so breaking the spell of the narcissist. Stop making them the focus of your existence. Narcissists can suck the oxygen out of the room. They tend to take all the focus away from everyone else, whether it is a younger younger sibling or coworker. Attention just seems to gravitate towards the narcissist. They're like a magnet for that adoration. They work very hard to keep themselves in the spotlight from taking off their shirt in public, which I know several people that do that, to wearing outrageous clothing to draw attention to themselves or just being the sharpest tool in the shed, the most intelligent person in the conversation. They have a way of gaining everyone's attention. Change the direction of the energy and there's likely to be a very loud thunderclap and thunderstorm so if you have been in a room with a narcissist when things aren't going their way they make everyone else feel like they wish they were somewhere else no matter how much you adjust your life to suit the narcissist it will never be enough if you must deal with a narcissistic personality don't allow them to infiltrate your sense of self or define your world. Have your own friends, your own job or business. Have success away from their influence. Focus on your strengths and remember to write your strengths down so that you remember that you have them and what they are. You want to get to know yourself very well because the narcissist I guarantee you, knows you very well, probably better than you know yourself. So write your goals and your dreams on a daily basis in your journal and don't get lost in their drama 
or their stage of existence. So take charge, carve out me time, take care of yourself first. Remembering your job is not to fix them or anyone else for that matter. And remember narcissists rarely get psychological help or therapy. They don't believe there's anything wrong with them. Blaming them is something you want to avoid. And there are ways around this. So recently, I'm going to just tell you a little story. My mother wanted me to, she wanted me to move back to Canada until she dies. And I just moved from California to Colorado. And I said, well, I can't do that, mom. I have a lease. I can't do that. So I started planning a trip and she wanted me to quarantine at an old boyfriend's house from 45 years ago. (laughs) And now that is problematic to say the least. There's two things. The first is that he would either have to clear out of the place or I won't mention the other, but you can fill in the blanks. And I wasn't interested in either one of those. I didn't want to put him out. I didn't want to quarantine in his place. If my mother wanted me to come visit her, see, she didn't want to be put out. So I said, well, mom, I'd be glad to come visit you, but I'll have to quarantine with you. So she called her doctor and her doctor said, oh, no, absolutely not. I said, okay, that's fine. And then about a week or two later, I said, you know, I called the consulate and they told me with a letter from you stating that I can quarantine at your place for two weeks, I can come across the border. Guess what? You'll never believe it. She wrote the letter. She did. So I did it in a gentle way. I didn't point a finger. I didn't make her wrong. I just said I wasn't going to do what she wanted me to do. I didn't blame her in any way. So it is possible to, you know, I have to admit she's 98 years old and she wants to see me. So um, that is how I handled it. And the letter hasn't arrived yet, but if I'm going to drive 1,500 miles, I'm going to quarantine with my mother. I won't bring death to her door. I'll be very careful. But the long and the short of it is I stated what I needed. I stated what I would be glad to do, that I'd be glad to visit her. I'd be glad to drive all that way. But I'd also want to quarantine with her. So state what you want. Make sure you take care of yourself. You take care of your emotional needs, your mental needs, your physical needs. So, you know, I didn't make my mother wrong. I didn't fight with her. Now I'm in a place where I know what I can say and what I can't. I won't argue with her. I won't share her beliefs either about politics. And sometimes I just accept her for who she is. Most of the time I accept her for who she is. It's taken me nearly 36 years to get to the place where I no longer am triggered by her criticism or triangulation. I don't snap to it (laughs) like I used to, you know, where I've, I've given up attempting to make her happy. That's her job. I love her for who she is. And I cannot change her. I don't try to fix her either. So just a quick little, it's all bullshit. You cannot change 
or fix a narcissist. If you're in a long time or long-term relationship with a narcissist, the love thing likely fell flat long ago. You won't feel loved or cared for after the love bombing ends. The love bombing happens when they want something from you or to lure you in. So what I will say about the experience of having a narcissist as a parent, and this is paramount that we see things clearly. I am who I am because of the family I had. And yes, it took me a long time to get to this place of being happy with myself and loving my mother for who she is. I had to heal the past, but like my theme song says, I wouldn't change a thing. The past has made me stronger. I'm sure it's made you stronger too. You know, I've found the silver lining. I've grown tremendously. And where I have mended with gold, I've become, it's become the glue of, of my healing. And it makes me more dynamic and a powerful healer, certainly more so than I would have been. I'm more compassionate as a daughter. So find the silver lining. There is always one. And know that whatever you're experiencing is for your betterment. The universe is always loving and supporting you. Always working for your highest and best. Thank you for being here tonight. Take care of you. Find compassion and joy. Being who you are, recognize that everything happens in your life for your betterment. It makes us stronger and who we are. I'm back to loving me. Are you back to loving you? Much love. I'm going back.